back, ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. Week one is complete. Got a lot to talk about. My name's Graham Rogers. Join with my lovely co-host, Taylor Story. Taylor, how are we? We're doing good. Week one is in the books. Move on to week two. I'm excited. Always excited. Yeah, it's it's finally football season. We got it back on the TV. We got a lot to talk about. You know, I think the off-season shows, we kind of wade through it. There's new stuff to talk about somewhat, but now we get to really dive in. So uh, just to get started, for those of us that have been, y'all that have been listening, especially the DFS show that Taylor and I did, um, did come out positive this week, even on that lineup that we did live, came out positive with, actually doubled up money. So 5 to $10, nothing crazy, but um, it was good to come out positive week one when there's so much variance out there. Um, and then got a win in the home league. We did our live draft. Dobbins and Kittle couldn't play, but still squeaked one out against a guy that had Justin Jefferson on the team. Helped that he didn't start Carson Wentz over Aaron Rodgers, which who would have, um, but felt pretty good. And then best ball. Looking, looking pretty positive. Got, got some teams that are in position to advance. Obviously, a long way to go, but excited to be up there near the top in a number of those leagues. Yeah, I took a, I took a nice L in our home league by two point nine points. It was great. I was the second highest scorer. So this season is going to be so much fun. I can already tell. Um, very excited for that. Rashad Bateman and T.J. Hawkinson kind of let me down a little bit. Should have started A.J. Dillon. Uh, but I mean, I started Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson over him. Basically, um, I was kind of debating between Bateman and AJ Dillon. I guess I guessed wrong. That would have got me the dub. But across all my leagues, not including best ball or anything like that, I went 16 and 16. Uh, I'm tanking in a few leagues, so you know, call it three losses there that were automatic. So you know, maybe I go positive. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, a decent week. Week one's always a toss up. So. Uh, as long as each week goes by and I don't have a losing record, I probably feel pretty good about myself. So we're looking all right. Got some big wins in some bigger leagues. So we are, uh, we're doing all right after week one. Yeah. Now we've got, you know, actionable information, right? Like snap counts, target shares, actual performance on the field. So we can start making adjustments, whether it's lineups, waiver wire, all that kind of stuff, which we will obviously dive into here. But Taylor, without further ado, we're going to go game by game here. Just kind of give our thoughts, obviously talk about the game, what played out. And then, you know, a lot of these players we've been talking about all offseason, what did they do? What did they not do? And then are we holding? Are we worried? And what next steps are? So let's uh, let's dive in. Let's do it. All right. First up, Thursday night game. We saw the Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams. Bills won 31 to 10. Uh, Taylor, let's talk Bills first, right? We'll start with the good here. So um, a lot to talk about with the 31 points, a lot of big fantasy performances. What stood out most to you from the Bills in this game? Um, I think what stood out most to me and probably with everybody is Gabe Davis could be that dude, right? Um, if we see what he had in week one kind of carry on throughout the season, even with Stefan Diggs still playing pretty well and Josh Allen obviously having an, uh, an unbelievable game, um, which, you know, is not going to happen all the time, but with a guy like Josh Allen is always possible. Uh, we can, you know, get a little glimpse of what Gabe Davis could potentially become. I mean, he went four for 88 and a touchdown and a touchdown came pretty early too. So fantasy Twitter was just, you know, unhinged for a while. Uh, but Stefan Diggs eventually got his eight for one twenty-two and a touchdown. We knew it was coming there. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the top two dogs there. 
Uh, not much from Dawson Knox and not a whole lot uh, on the ground, although Devin Singletary did uh, take advantage of his eight carries. But other than that, it's probably going to be the Josh Allen, Diggs, and Gabe Davis show for most of this year. But uh, that offense was firing on all cylinders against the uh, Los Angeles Rams there, who were pretty disappointing. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the Rams next. I've got a lot to talk about there, of course. But um, yeah, you know, Josh Allen, it's interesting because I was wondering if they were going to try to pull him back a little bit, right? They drafted James Cook. Were they going to try to get him to not run as much and maybe right. drop it off to the running backs? And then, of course, James Cook has an early fumble on his one carry. Um, Devin Singletary has eight attempts, did average six yards a carry. But Josh Allen at 10 rushing attempts led the Bills, um, obviously played really well, 26-31. That's 83, almost 84%, 297 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. I mean, I feel stupid for saying he wasn't going to be the QB1 right now, but obviously week one, we won't overreact just yet. But the Bills look really good. And then, yeah, talk about – Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. I mean, it's going to be a one-two punch, and it's if Gabe Davis comes along like a lot of people are thinking he was, uh, th- it's hard to argue that there are many teams with a better one-two at wide receiver uh, than the Buffalo Bills right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't t- you can't catch a touchdown in every game this season if you don't start with the first one. So uh, he's yeah. off to a uh, he's off to a great start. There it is. Diggs and Gabe Davis off off to a yeah. hot start. And then we saw oh, yeah. Jameson Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie kind of split out of the slot there. Four targets, three targets, yeah. um, and you know, three catches, two catches uh, for those guys. McKenzie did get the one touchdown mm-hmm. that put him a little ahead of Crowder. Yep. Yeah, can't ex- ignore uh, Zach Moss's six targets and uh, six catches as well. Uh, could potentially turn into something, especially if Singletary keeps playing well and he eventually gets all the groundwork. You know, Zach Moss could be the guy that comes in for passing work. So uh, keep your eye on that. He's kind of forgotten about last year and, you know, could make a little, a uh, little resurgence here. So. Yeah. I mean, second in target share only behind Stefan Diggs. So that'll be interesting yeah. to watch even with uh, Gabe Davis's performance, the yardage, the touchdowns, um, where those targets went is going to be interesting. So let's up, let's talk Rams, right? I mean, this is, I, I don't, I don't know what to think. I, I'll be inter- interested to see what your input is. It's like, and I almost want to write this off to like they were playing the Bills and the Bills from last year and that loss in the playoffs and not even getting to touch the football were just ready to punch whoever in the mouth. It didn't matter if it was the defending champs or the worst team in the league. Um, but what's your take right now on this offense? Because obviously my Cam Akers touting looks terrible right now. Um, Allen Robinson didn't do anything at all. And then there's the ever steady Cooper Cup. But even within that, I don't think Matt Stafford looked all that great. So what are your thoughts on the Rams offense? Do we have patience for another week or is this something we're already concerned about? Uh, biggest takeaway is Matt Gay over two and a half PATs made did not hit very sad there. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup still looks like he could be the offensive player of the year again. I mean, it's just going to happen week in, week out as long as Matt Stafford remains healthy. Um, and it's just, it's, it's the Cooper cup show. Like Tyler Higby had 11 targets next week. It could be Allen Robinson with 11 targets. You know, it's, I, I think outside of Cooper cup, it's going to fluctuate a lot. Um, as y'all know, I was pretty out on Allen Robinson. I, I just don't see him being a, cons- a consistent week in week out start for me. Um, but this is a situation where I might've found a way to get him into a flex spot for me, but he, I mean, he was being drafted as a starter as a wide receiver two or three. So uh, there are a lot of teams out there and owners that probably started him this week and got burned. Um, 
I'm still out on him. I'm not going to look to trade for him. He's probably never going to be a trade for candidate, anything like that for me. Uh, and then as far as the running backs go, I mean, this almost this one almost feels like a wash. Uh, Daryl Henderson had 3.6 yards of carry on 13 attempts. I mean, they only tried to run the ball 18 times. Stafford threw it 41 times. And they were just, they felt like they were behind the whole game, which they were. And, you know, probably could not get Cam Akers Owen going. I'm willing to bet that it was some situation like, oh, you know, we're down already. Let's not maybe throw Cam Akers into the fire. Like, let's hold him back a little bit. Let's just let Daryl Henderson do it. Um, just still ease him in there. Get him, get him game activity, but, you know, not run him into the ground week one. So it, this offense, I'm not, I'm not really changing too many opinions right off the bat. It, it could go anywhere. Yeah, I think the for me the concern around Allen Robinson is just the two targets, right? Like if he had gotten, I mean, I mean we're talking about Ben what Scourneck. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but yeah. getting three times as many targets as Allen Robinson, and I guess that's what's more concerning to me than the performance itself. And and maybe it's just rapport, but at the same time, Stafford came to this team last year, and him and Cup hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a little bit concerned there, just because we've seen some of these bigger kind of alpha wide receivers at a certain point, just absolutely fall off and disappear. I hope mm-hmm. that's not the case. Um, and then right. for the, for the running backs. Yeah. I've, you know, I feel stupid with cam Akers right now, but I've, I've got them in a lot of best ball. So I've got other guys that were able to fill that void. And like you said, I think it, it's interesting because if you go back to the playoffs, the games they were ahead, Akers was getting, you know, 60, 75% of the touches. And then when they were behind in the Super Bowl, it was actually flip where Henderson was getting more touches because he was getting the pass catching work. And I think my hope coming into the year was like, hey, this is going to be the Rams offense from last year. They're going to be in the red zone. And then it's just, hey, let Akers go up the middle, right? It's almost the, I don't know, the James Conner type role where, hey, Mm -hmm. if he ends up with 10 touchdowns this year and averages 50 or 60 yards a game, he pays off at ADP, um, which I was really excited about. And that's without getting any pass catching work, which I was hoping he would. So um gonna be interesting to see. He obviously just whiffed on some pass blocking stuff. I don't think that helped with him being on the field. No. Uh, coaching staff just didn't trust it. And I will say, as impressive as Cooper Cup looked, offensive player of the year, the guy on the other side of the field, Josh Allen, that looked really good. And we've got another wide receiver later who I know we were all touting as wide receiver one that we've got to get to in a later game as well. But any other thoughts on this Bills Rams game? No, just I feel like on both sides, don't overreact too much, right? Like you had a couple booms on the Bill side and a bunch of duds on the Ram side. So it's week one. You can't uh, you can't blow it up just yet. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. So let's get to the next game. This one hurts just a little bit, but Browns Panthers. So Browns mm. win 26-24 in Carolina. You know, let's let's talk Browns first. They were the winning team. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, Chubb takes 22 carries for 141 yards. Kareem Hunt takes 11 carries for 46 yards and a touchdown and then adds on four catches for yet another touchdown. Um, offense didn't look bad. They were able to move the ball. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was okay. I mean, 53% completion percentage uh, didn't turn the ball over. So I think that's important for this offense. If Jacoby Brissett can just manage games and then just hope they get enough from the backfield and the defense. But what was your big takeaway with the Browns? I think for me, the Browns was, I mean, it's uh, Kareem Hunt is is still going to be heavily utilized and is still a phenomenal player. 
Uh, still glad I kept him in a bunch of leagues. So if uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, if you have him, if you don't have him, now's not a good time to trade for him. Um, but if you've got him, you're feeling good. Amari Cooper was a surprise for me. Uh, six targets, three catches, only 17 yards. It just, I mean, he was non-existent basically is at least what it felt like. Um, it's going to take him some time. I feel like to get used to Jacoby Brissett, even a quarterback who typically doesn't throw a lot. He threw 34 times, only managed 147 yards. Um, but I mean, we're not going to see too many downfield or even, you know, deeper mid range shots to Cooper. So he, he's going to have to make a lot of catches and make the most use of his targets this year. But, uh, yeah, Brown's pass catchers and Jacoby Brissett, I uh, wouldn't say surprise me, just kind of almost more solidified what, uh, what we thought was going to happen with this passing attack on the Browns. It's going to be all from Chubb and hunt. That's where all your points are going to come from. I feel like this year. Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, Kareem hunt, obviously, cashed in with the two touchdowns Nick Chubb with 141 yards rushing and without a touchdown I mean that's that's actually kind of intriguing and if I'm a Chubb owner I'm really happy about that right I mean you got 14.1 points without Nick Chubb scoring a touchdown um in a game where they ran the ball what 39 times or something if you include Brissett so happy to see that um our league will obviously find this out after this airs but yeah like I'm dropping Amari Cooper I just it's it's not there for me in this offense. Amari Cooper's a good wide receiver, but as far mm-hmm. as is he going to make a big difference in my lineup as opposed to guys that I can pick up on the waiver wire week after week? No. Um, so, yes, he may have some good games, but, I mean, let's talk about somebody we have on the list here, like Robbie Anderson, right? I mean, that's a guy who's sitting on waivers all over the place yeah. who, yeah, had one deep play, right? Um, but that pays off big time, and it's not like it's something we haven't seen him do before. So Robbie Anderson with eight targets, no less, had the one big play, five total receptions, 102 yards. I mean, if I can find that on the waiver wire week to week, why am I keeping a guy like Amari Cooper in an offense that is going to be centered around Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson versus Baker Mayfield was – you know, the second biggest talk of of Panthers offseason and first game of the season, Baker gets some eight targets, five for one Oh two and a touchdown. So uh, it's, it, he could very well be something we're definitely going to see. This isn't the last long ball touchdown. Robbie Anderson's going to catch this week, uh, this year. So he's a guy that you can certainly take shots on, you know, if you've got some injuries or a bunch of bye weeks later in the year, I would certainly, you know, Robbie Anderson is a guy that I would be looking at the plug and play if he's on the waiver wire. So he's always got that big play potential. Um, as far as the other guys, I mean, it's pretty standard. It just felt like this game was very, like very dull. Like if you just showed me 26, 24 and, you know, I watched football pretty much all Sunday. I couldn't tell you one person that scored. Maybe I probably would throw out Kareem Hunt because I think I heard that, but, uh, it, it it just like nothing too impressive happened. Um, I mean, even Christian McCaffrey was lackluster. Uh, could be a product of them easing him back in a little bit, but uh, they only ran it 19 times. He got 10 of them. Uh, and Baker Mayfield was five of them. So, I mean, really, they ran it 14 times, you know, something like that. Um, and only four catches on four targets. So just nothing nothing too hot right out of the gates here. Um, it uh, It's going to take some time, I feel like, for this offense to truly mesh Baker to realize what he's got coming out of the backfield. Uh, he hasn't really had a guy like that. I mean, Kareem Hunt, but certainly nobody near what Christian McCaffrey can do with the ball in his hands, rushing and receiving. I mean, obviously he had Nick Chubb, but Christian McCaffrey can do it all and, and is a better player than Nick Chubb is, in my opinion. So it might take him a few games to really realize what, what he's got going back there. 
Yeah, I guess my concern with McCaffrey is, you know, we did talk about it this offseason of, you know, the Panthers need to save him, right? They need to keep him healthy. They can't give him, you know, 30 touches a game like he was getting earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. My concern is 14 just isn't going to cut it, right? I mean, as as well as I think he played when you talk about his impact on a game, 14 touches just isn't going to do it, um, you know, and for him to pay off as the 101 or the 102 right now, he's sitting at RB 19 with 14 touches. Like that number's probably got to get up closer to 20. Um, and for Panthers fans, same thing. Like if you want to see the Panthers win games this year, it's going to have to go through McCaffrey. And obviously you want to try to limit that to keep him healthy. But if you want to win in fantasy and have those top picks pay off it, CMC has got to get the ball more. Um, and it was interesting to see, you know, Dante Foreman only two carries, Chuba only one carry. So it's yeah. not like they were they were really saving him. Um, and Dante mm-hmm. Foreman with four receptions, same as Christian McCaffrey. So that was also interesting to me that they saved him somewhat in the passing game and maybe not as much in the running game. Um, DJ Moore, I think he, he's going to be okay. Uh, I'm not going to overreact here. Robbie yeah. Anderson's going to have some of these spike weeds. The target share was interesting with him having almost 30%. Um, and then, you know, the other thing was Ian Thomas caught a long pass. I never thought I'd say anything positive about the tight ends in Carolina, but here we are. Uh, and I did want to mention in the Browns, like Harrison Bryant outperforming David Njoku after that big contract. I know you were pretty off of Njoku. I think it's still early, but it was interesting to see that Harrison Bryant was targeted more and had more catches. Yeah, still early, but, uh, Njoku got a little bit of the Amari Cooper treatment maybe, but only on one target. So I... Yeah, still remain to be out on Joku. If he's on the waivers this week, I'm not. I'm not even taking a second thought. I'm moving on to someone else, um, especially with Brissett. Maybe closer to when Watson comes back, I'll think about it. But definitely not now. Still not. So that's where we're at. That's where I'm at. Well, let's talk a more interesting game here. So we kind of have it in in the notes, right? Like a sneaky shootout. Um, so Saints right. twenty seven, Falcons twenty six. A lot of drama with field goals uh, down to the end. So. Talk to me. I know you've been touting Cordero Patterson. Um, I wasn't a huge fan yet to see how it plays out, but week one, Cordero Patterson, once again, is running back one. Are we going to see a repeat of last year where he is hot up there early and falls off? Um, And then obviously factoring in the Damian Williams injury um, and what his time frame is going to look like and how does that affect Patterson or is somebody else going to get a shot in this backfield? Yeah, I mean, Cordero's, a hard runner. Uh, he, he always will be. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to, anytime he's touching the ball, I feel like he's going to just be running hard. I mean, uh, the Vikings last team he was at didn't really utilize him that well. Um, but now it's, he, he still looks solid. I feel like I was still fading him a little bit. Um, drafts this year and kind of dynasty. I was trading him away, but didn't necessarily mean that I didn't think he was going to still do well. I think his workload is, Still not going to be what it was last year. Uh, Damian Williams did get a little bit banged up. Tyler Algier was a healthy scratch, uh, which is which is actually pretty interesting. So, I mean, they're they're confident in Patterson too. Um, as far as the rest of the offense goes, uh, Pitts and London they didn't really flash too heavy this game. Uh, London had seven targets, caught uh, for seventy four yards. Pitts had seven targets as well, but couldn't really convert them. Um, wasn't necessarily drops. It was just pretty good coverage on him. I mean, he's going to draw the attention until Drake London kind of shows what he's doing. But uh, for now, it's I'm cooling on Pitts in London. I, that none of that bothers me. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, and then Patterson could could uh, could very well be the guy this year. I think 
maybe you try to get them cheap if you need a running back still and 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 pick and choose where you kind of plug them in against soft defenses running the ball but uh this offense is going to be uh, is going to be all right with Mariota there I feel like so that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking on this Falcons offense at least what do you think yeah, I mean, Mariota looked surprisingly good. I mean, he's sitting at QB 15 right now. A lot of that, obviously, yeah. to the 72 rushing yards. But, yeah. you know, I just talked about CMC and his touches. And then I turn around and see, you know, Cordero Patterson had 22 rushing attempts yeah. and five targets, ended up with yeah. three receptions, right? Like, that should be a CMC stat CMC line. line. Exactly, more so than the 14 touches. So that's right. great for Patterson. You know, my concern is what we saw last year, right? Like older guy, if he's getting all these touches early in the season, is he going to wear down as the season progresses? Right. Um, so I think that's a place for if Tyler Algier is able to step in. You talked about him being a healthy scratch, but with Damian Williams being hurt, do they bring in a free agent? Um, not something long-term with Damian Williams, hopefully. It didn't seem like it. But somebody to spell Patterson, at least out of the backfield, I prefer Patterson to be getting more targets and less rushing attempts mm-hmm. handed off to some of those other guys. Um, but you can't argue with over five yards of carry either. Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, go, both getting 21% target shares. I mean, we're, we know they're good at football. We know they're good athletes. And if they're getting the target share, like, yes, it may not always result in receptions like Kyle Pitts only having two, but more often than not, guys with that talent, it, it's going to pay off. So I'm I'm not worried about either one of them. Yeah, and you mentioned Mariota with 72 rush yards. I mean, on 12 carries, like that is something that Mariota can do. Um, if you're in a terrible situation, like let's say you just lost Dak, Mariota is a guy that I might look at that's probably on your waivers to kind of spell spell Dak, and he's not going to sink you on weeks, right? Like, I mean, sure, he might have some terrible games and get you seven points or something, but. Then again, most quarterbacks can still do that. They play come against a buzzsaw defense and just have a bad game. But Mariota's got a pretty safe rushing floor, I'd say. I mean, he's a guy that's probably going to get forty rushing yards a game on you know a handful of carries. So it's it's just going to work out. I mean, he had seventy two yards and a touchdown, and nobody really said anything about it. So Mariota is a guy that uh, that could spell some of these guys that had bad week ones. You're ready to drop or you know, you lost Dak, something like that. So keep an eye out for him this week if he's out there in your leagues. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we've talked about that rushing ability for QBs and how it can be a game changer. So Mm -hmm. um, speaking of QBs, I mean, Jameis Winston, 67% completion percentage, no interceptions, couple passing touchdowns. Um, So that that's the Jameis we kind of wanted to see in fantasy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously seeing Michael Thomas back, this was another big point this offseason, right? Is he healthy? Is he actually going to play? Like, what's the deal with all these different injuries now? Well, eight targets, five receptions, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Again, being the red zone target, so you can't bank on that every single game. But looked really good. Interesting to see Jarvis Landry get nine targets as well, actually lead the team in targets. So mm-hmm. what are you thinking about this wide receiver core, Jameis? And then also let's get to Alvin Kamara and maybe his lack of receiving uh, in this game and and what we may be thinking there with Jameis at QB. Yeah, Michael Thomas, definitely a surprise, uh, heavily utilized coming out of the gates in week one, which is interesting and really good to see. Uh Glad that he's healthy. Jarvis Landry going seven for 114 is probably the most surprising thing on this team, uh, even outside of Alvin Kamara's lackluster game. I mean, Jarvis Landry getting in there game one and just lighting it up and being Jameis's favorite target basically in week one is is pretty... I mean, if that's the last thing I probably would have predicted. Um, yeah, Alvin Kamara just... I don't know if it was because Taysom Hill was running wild 
uh, with that long run, and they were kind of trying to get him in there. But Alvin Kamara, only nine rushes and only three catches. So just not a lot of work for him. I think I saw a stat where he stayed in to block 11 times uh, on a pass play, which is the most he had last season was four times in a single game. So that's that's a little bit concerning. Uh, certainly, it's going to change just because of the weapon that Alvin Kamara is. but. Still, it's that's not that's not really good to see him staying in the block with with all these other guys that got running. So, I don't know. It, it felt like a really weird week from Alvin Kamara, week one, um, and a really good week for the pass catchers of New Orleans. I mean, even Alave had three for forty one on three targets, so they all looked pretty solid. Jameis looked solid, uh, twenty three for thirty four, no picks, like you said. I mean, you can't ask for a lot more from uh, from a quarterback, especially a guy that was drafted like Jameis Winston and where he was drafted. So. He did. Uh, he did all right. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's fun to see Jameis and Mariota sharing a field, albeit multiple right. years after they went, you know, one and two, and in different uniforms. So, yeah, if I had told you that Jarek McKinnon, Damian Harris, and J.D. McKissick were going to outscore Alvin Kamara, um, yeah. it, somebody could have made a whole lot of money on a place in that type of bet. So, exactly. um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to watch kind of how these pass catchers play out, and then. You know, this is one where next week I've got to think Kamara's got to get more involved. I would hope. Like, right. that's one if you want to be different in DFS or things like that. Like, people are going to maybe off of Kamara after one game sample. So, mm-hmm. maybe take a take a shot there for him to get back to his usual thing. Um, yeah. But let's get down to – we talked about a shootout here. Let's get to the opposite. Just a, a sloppy Gross. game, the weather. So, Bears beat, Bears beat the 49ers 19-10. to 10. Like you said, do we throw the game away? I mean, I'm – you know my stance here. We've talked about it off show, but we can go through it. Um, but let's talk about the two quarterbacks and the pass catchers on each team, right? And do we care with this game, or are we just letting this go and seeing what happens next week? I mean, I'm pretty much throwing everything away except for Debo Samuel. It looks like they're still going to utilize him in a pretty creative way. He had the rushing touchdown looked really good on it as well. Uh, and Elijah Mitchell injured out for a while. That... I mean, that's why I was off of him. You you figured something was going to happen to one of these guys, and you hate to say it, but it's just, I mean, you don't want to take a victory lap on a guy getting injured, which I'm not going to, but it's just like, you know, uh, you feel like you should have seen this coming. Um, so now it's the next man up. Is it Jeff Wilson? Are they just going to start Debo Samuel running back? I don't know. Um, but yeah, pretty much just throwing this whole game away. I mean, even looking at the other side, David Montgomery had 17 rushes for 26 yards. That's disgusting. Uh, this this game was like being played in a pool, like a kiddie pool, and there was just it was it was it was awful. It was so awful. Uh, Debo Samuel had eight targets and two catches, probably because his hands were underwater. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I don't have a lot to say about this except for Debo and Elijah Mitchell injury. I mean, Trey Lance looked. Okay, for as bad as the conditions were. I mean, he had 13 carries for 54 yards. That's probably a product of the game, though, in the field. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's that's pretty much all I got for this game. Not not much to say here. Not much to take away. Yeah, I mean, here we go with the guessing game of the San Francisco backfield, right? Of you know, is it is Jeff Wilson up? Um, you know, the what's the undrafted rookie Mason? Is it Jordan Mason um, that was active? I think that was more Ty- Tyrion Davis-Price, healthy scratch. Healthy scratch, like yep. And then, what's going like, on you there? Said, like you said, is Debo Samuel going to be back there more? It'd be interesting yeah. to see if Ray-Ray McLeod, who's one of their other wide receivers, who kind of had a similar yep. gadget role in Pittsburgh when he started his career, is mm-hmm. he going to get touches there? Um, right. I know Jeff Wilson is probably going to check. Yep. What's he, going to happen there? 
He's going to get involved in the red zone. No doubt he's going to make fantasy owners mad there. Um, So I I still think Jeff Wilson is probably, if you're going to look at one of these guys that's going to get the most carries in the next game, that's probably the guy to look at. I'm also a little surprised that he had two targets. I mean, this is not a team that targets running backs out of the backfield. So if there's anyone that you can look at, if you've got some bidding money on the waiver wire, it'd probably be Jeff Wilson because it pays off. It could pay off big, right? Um, And my guess is that Davis Price, people aren't going to be picking up this week. They may give it another week until he's, you know, not a healthy scratch. So, um, and I'm with you as far as everything else. The quarterbacks, again, I mean, this is, we talked about it. The rushing yards is what's going to help these guys. Um, Fields only with 28, but had the two passing touchdowns. Uh, And then again, David Montgomery, just one and a half yards of carry. Uh, Again, I'm going to keep beating the drum. Khalil Herbert, five yards carry. Nine mm-hmm. rushes, 45 yards. Um, why he's yeah. not getting more run, I don't know. I'm hoping he will as the season goes on. Um, but good player. But like you said, I'm not going to take too much from this game. I'm still optimistic about the 49ers yeah. offense. And I'm yeah. still optimistic about Justin Fields, but a lot of it coming from his legs. Yep, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's talk about one of the shockers from the weekend. Steelers 23, Bengals 20. Um, Joe Burrow throwing four interceptions and most, I mean, all of them early that just put them behind the eight ball. I had the Bengals defense. I was thinking this is an easy game. All of a sudden they're in short fields with their back against a wall. Um, but, you know, brought them back, forced overtime, mm-hmm. all thanks to Jamar Chase. And then obviously we need to talk about the uh, T Higgins injury and the concussion protocol that he's now in leading yeah. into week two. Early in the game. So, I mean, he was a stinker for you this week for sure. Yeah, I think it, it's it's hard to know. I mean, this is something we always try to factor in. I was high on Higgins. Obviously, we can't anticipate injuries, but you know Jamar Chase is going to do his thing. Obviously, Tyler yeah. Boyd then had to step up, had seven targets, had a touchdown reception, so that's encouraging to see for this offense. And then, you know, Joe Mixon, 27 attempts, 82 yards. Even more importantly, I think, is nine targets and seven receptions. Um, you know, he was, what, the second most targeted player behind Jamar Chase, so yeah. that's huge for those uh joe mixon owners out there so any big takeaway here and then what are we thinking if t higgins doesn't play next week is is tyler boyd just a no-brainer if you have him on your team to start yeah i think if you like it's tough to pick up and play a wide receiver week two you know off the waiver wire but if you do you're you're probably is in shambles but it can happen so if your team is in shambles maybe you drafted heavy rb and and a strong tight end or something so you you know you're you're moving wide receivers in and out every week tyler boyd is probably my number one pick up and play player this week i mean they go against dallas uh a, another team that's just who knows where they're going to be obviously without dak uh, Cooper Rush could turn the ball over. You could see tons of red zone opportunities, which is where Tyler Boyd uh, likes to live sometimes. I mean, he he can get in and out pretty well. Joe, uh, Jamar Chase is more of that downfield guy who can also, you know, absolutely dominate in the red zone. But uh, Jamar Chase might see 25 targets this week if, if Higgins is out. Um, but no, I mean, Mixon's going to do well again. Hayden Hurst is probably one of my top tight end pickups if you're needing a tight end. Same thing if you went heavy, you know, wide receiver RB and you went uh, zero tight end, Hayden Hurst could be sitting right there in your waiver wire, and he, he might be a guy I'd pick up and play, uh, especially if Higgins is officially ruled out. If Higgins has a chance to play and he suits up, I might try and look elsewhere, but Boyd and Hurst are two guys that I would certainly look at to 
to have a, a great game against Dallas. I mean, Joe Burrow's probably going to feel like he wants to bounce back, right, and show that he's, uh, you know, this Super Bowl quarterback that doesn't throw four interceptions a game, uh, especially because they're just going to make Trayvon Diggs burnt toast the entire game because uh, he cannot cover, but has great hands. Um, so yeah, those two guys I like. Uh, I, I like to pick up this week on the waivers if you're needing them for sure. Yeah, I was definitely going to point out the whole Hayden Hurst, eight targets, five receptions yep. for 46 yards. Um, mm-hmm. That was a guy I was I Can't was high that. on high on in best ball. You could just get him so late, and he was tied to Joe Burrow. And now, yeah. obviously, again, not happy about a Higgins injury, but knowing right. it's there. Cer- Certainly a product of that. So you just got to be wary. I don't that you're not, you don't, you can't look at that and go, oh, Hayden Hurst is a thing every week now. It's that's just because Higgins went out pretty early in this game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get to the Steelers side. Um, talking Mitch Trubisky, who again, I was higher on than consensus coming into the year. Not that he played amazing, but kind of the Jacoby Brissett story, right? Like he didn't lose the game. Our defense played well. You didn't lose it. Um, yeah. We do need to talk about the Najee Harris injury. Another thing to talk about is all the George Pickens hype. And again, on all these rookies, running backs, wide receivers, like let's just pump the brakes, don't overreact. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I was a little bit lower on Fryermuth coming into the year, but he had a big game. More impressive is the 10 targets, um, but five receptions for 75 yards didn't get the touchdown. But obviously if he gets those with this kind of volume, it's really going to pay off. But um, Mm -hmm. what are you hearing about Najee Harris? It seems like reports are up in the air. Like, will he be ready for this week? I think it's starting to trend that direction. And then is Jalen Warren a guy that people need to look at on waiver wires? A little bit up in the air. I I don't think they've at least announced if it was a new injury or a re-aggravation. He had that foot injury in training camp. So I don't think it's a hundred percent positive yet, at least as of this time, what exactly it is. Um, but it's if he plays, you have you got to start him. Um, I don't think I would like to start any of the Pittsburgh running backs, and I don't think I'd pick any of them up. I mean, this certainly isn't a James Conner situation for me, uh, or even you know some guys they had uh, post Le'Veon Bell and James when James Conner goes out. But uh, I don't know it. The offense isn't good enough for me to pick up and start one of these backup running backs that they have. Uh, maybe if it was back in the day and their offense is still good enough to open up those lanes I would but really it's this is going to lean on Mitch Trubisky if Harris misses time or is slowed by injury uh, so look at these wide receivers to kind of play better Pickens Claypool Johnson Fryer move had 10 targets he looked really good uh, but Trubisky is going to have to step up here and be that guy that that steps up and and uh, plays a better game through the air but yeah Harris uh, not too concerned about picking up another running back in this offense, to be honest. I, I'm leaving that alone. There's other places I'd go well before this. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, I'd look, you know, Jeff Wilson, or we'll get to some guys yeah. later. But yeah, I mean, guys, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are are good at football, right? I mean, so don't, I'm not writing off George Pickens, but there was a lot of conversation about how good is Pickens compared to those guys. And Let's take the guys that have produced in the league in the regular season before we jump on the rookie. However, mm-hmm. you have Pickens. Don't overreact. Keep them on your roster. These rookie wide receivers do this. They can have slow starts, and later in the year, things start to click. So um, yeah. definitely not overreacting there. Um, yeah, no, not not at all. So big game here, Taylor. we got a lot to talk about on this one. Uh, a, 
I, I don't think it was too sneaky, but I wasn't anticipating 73 points. So Eagles 38, Lions 35. You guys know my love affair with the Lions. Uh, you and Chris have a love affair with Jalen Hurts. So let's let's kind of dive into <laughs> let's dive into this one a little bit, right? So Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, first regular season game looked phenomenal. Um, Goddard also looked good, and guess what? That means there's an odd man out uh, that happened to be Devonte Smith. Uh, and then obviously you want to talk about the backfield as well, because there was a lot of interesting stuff that went on there. So let's hit the Eagles first, and then we'll move on to uh, my Detroit Lions. Yeah, as a whole, I feel like Lions played a little catch-up. Eagles played a little soft at the end. I mean, they scored 14 in the fourth quarter to make it look like a close game, but they were they were pretty well ahead for most of the game. Uh, everybody that ran the ball for the Eagles scored a touchdown. So four rushers, four rushing touchdowns, one apiece. Um, I will say that the rushing touchdown is probably what saved Jalen Hurts week. I mean, if he doesn't score that rushing touchdown, you're probably looking at it as like a little bit of a disappointment, but nonetheless, uh, 18 for 32, 243, no touchdowns, but 17 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that is, that is why you draft Jalen Hurts. And that is why I think he can easily finish in the top five this year. Uh, but the talk of the week in this game was definitely the absolute weapon that Jalen Hurts now has an AJ Brown 10 for 155. Uh, imagine if he catches a touchdown. This is the, I mean, fantasy Twitter would explode saying that Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown are going to finish one and one at their positions. So uh, I believe this is AJ Brown's highest yards in a game. So certainly not slowing down with the new quarterback. Um, and even Dallas Goddard played well, apart from those two guys, there really wasn't much to talk about as far as receivers. I mean, Devonte Smith put up a nice zero burger, which is always good. Um, yeah, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts connection is going to be disgusting this year. So uh, I'm glad I was high on both of them going into this year. So I'm not kind of having to play catch up. Yeah, I think the 40% target share is absolutely absurd. Caught 10 on 13 targets. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you can't ask for much Lord. more. And just to, as far as PPR goes, here are your wide receiver rankings. Top five are chalk, right? Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. Can't get yep. much more chalk than that. We'll no. get to the next guy, which was Michael Pittman. And then at number seven, A.J. Brown. And like you mentioned, that's without a touchdown. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's that's different. Um, so excited for that. Excited for Hurts, like you said, the ninety rushing yards. But again, we saw Jalen Hurts week in and week out be QB one. I mean, you knew what you were getting when you were drafting right. him, and it's, it's this, it's performance. Um, and then, like you said, so the backfield: Miles Sanders had thirteen carries, Kenneth Gainwell five, Boston Scott four. Actually, grabbed some Boston Scott in DFS, paid off with the touchdown. I just I had a feeling that was coming. Um, obviously, Gainwell and Sanders both ran the ball in as well. And Miles Sanders, two targets. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, four. Both of them just had the two receptions. So going to be interesting to watch that as well because that's where one of those guys is really going to pay off. I know Miles Sanders had 96 rushing yards, but that was on seven yards of carry. I just don't see that being sustainable for the entire year. So you either have to find out who's going to get more targets or you've got to try to anticipate which one of these three running backs is going to get the red zone carries and the touchdowns, um, which is more of a shot in the dark. So I'm going to lean on the receptions. I think it's going to end up being Gainwell, but again, if Jalen Hurts can take off and, off and run instead of dumping it down, he's probably going to do that. Yeah, I, I think Miles Sanders personally was too slept on this offseason. I mean, yeah, he did have 13 for 96 and 7.4, but his longest carry was only 24 yards. Usually you see a stat line like that, like 13 for 96, and there's like a 60-yard run in there that kind of inflates the numbers, but only 24? I mean, that is a good day on the ground. Certainly that average probably drops 
you know, somewhere around five, if not a tad bit lower. Uh, but that looks really, really good for Miles Sanders. Uh, we had zero touchdowns last year, so he already beat that total this year with one. Um, I still think Miles Sanders can can backdoor a top 24 finish, especially with the injuries we see at the RB position. I think he could certainly be a solid option, and I am, uh, I'm glad to have him on my bench in a couple of leagues. Let's just say that. So I feel like I got him at a discount. People that kind of followed suit also got him at a discount. You're going to be able to use him a lot against probably just good matchups. I mean, this was a good matchup. You probably played him if you, you know, went a little bit lighter at RB uh, and it paid off. So target those soft matchups and the Eagles are just going to pound the ball. 39 team rushing attempts. So that's, that's what we're looking for with, uh, with this Eagles team. Yeah. So speaking of backfields, I'm going to go ahead and just continue patting myself on the back for Deandre Swift here. Uh, Seven yards per attempt is impressive, but DeAndre Swift's 15 carries for 144 yards, which comes out to 9.6. Tack on three targets, three receptions, 31 yards. Um, All about some DeAndre Swift. I know everybody's going to be like, well, Jamal Williams vultured two touchdowns. I I don't care when you can produce like this guy can and he lost two touchdowns. I mean, Mm -hmm. think if he had, think if he had those two carries that Williams did. Um, I mean, there's a chance that Swift is the guy that has two touchdowns next game. So um, just this combination. I mean, this was a combo I was targeting in best ball all summer, whether I got one of them, I don't even care if I get both of them in the same draft. Like I didn't even see it as a handcuffed. I've been higher on the lions. I like the offense. So I'm pretty fired up about it. Yeah, Jamal Williams. I had to start him in a, one of those leagues I was tanking. I almost won accidentally. That's how good he did. Um, love that guy. I'm. I, I. I too got him on pretty much most of my best ball teams, uh, just because you know games like this are going to happen. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown played pretty well. Eight for sixty-four on twelve targets. Again, we kind of talked about this could be something that changes when Jamison Williams comes back, uh, but that probably affects Chark maybe a little bit more. Uh, Hawkinson a little bit disappointing. They had to throw at the end of the game here, but and most of them went to St. Brown and Chark. Uh, Hawkinson kind of got a little bit left out there, but so he'll be fine, I think. I mean, he he still had four four for thirty eight. Didn't sink you this week at the tight end position, like uh, we know the tight end position can do. So uh, overall, a, a decent showing from the Lions. I mean, they've got that uh, hard knocks hype that we love. So I mean, they're fired up. Yeah, I wasn't as high as on Amon Ra coming into the season, but you can't argue. No. I mean, target target share of thirty two percent. I mean, he's picking up yeah. where he did last year, right? Um, right. And then I I did take shots late on DJ Chark, right? I mean, this is a guy I was oh, yeah, me on too. In, in Jacksonville and paid off with a touchdown. Um, eight eight targets though. I mean, that's over twenty percent on the target share. So I like what Chark and Amon Ra yeah. both have going. Um, and then again, like you said, we'll see what happens when Jamison uh, enters the lineup later in the year. Yeah, exactly. All right, next game, honestly, personally, not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I just really don't care for it. So Dolphins 20, Patriots 7. I do want to just say that neither Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, despite having somewhat big games, are wide receiver ones. Just going to throw it out there um, because I'm a hater. Um, And then I'm just, you know, Mac Jones back injury. Not sure what's going on there. Seems like it wasn't anything serious, but is he going to play this year? Uh, back stuff always worries me, right? Because like that's that that can linger, that can re-aggravate really easily. Um, so just unsure there. I really don't want anybody else on the Patriots at this point. Like I talked about Ramondre nope. Stevenson, but and eight carries for twenty-five yards and then two targets, but only one yard in receiving yards. Like I'm yep. I'm not interested. 
Jacoby Myers, decent, but not really paying off even at his ADP. So not super interested there. And then obviously talking about the Dolphins just real quickly. We knew someone was going to have to be odd man out. Looks like it's going to be Mike Gesicki. I think we kind of felt that yep. was coming with Waddle and Hill there. Um, and Chase. And my guy, Chase Edmonds, who, again, people are going to kind of worry about. But, I mean, only 25 rushing yards, that's not where he pays off. He pays off with four targets, four receptions, 40 yards. And on the games he has a touchdown, you've easily got a wide receiver two that you got for a wide receiver th- I mean, running back two that you would have gotten for a running back three or four price. Right. That's how you win leagues and championships is stuff like that. Yeah, really for me for this game, uh, Patriots were down fast. I mean, they got down 17 in the first half. Damian Harris still ended up running a lot more routes than Ramondre Stevenson. So <clears throat> that's where people thought Stevenson would eat. He did not. I think that's very concerning for me for Stevenson. I've been uh, on Harris much more. I mean, Harris had three targets, two for 10, which is nothing to write home about. But still, uh, those routes ran in a game like this is what uh, is what I look at. Uh, but yeah, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they're going to be utilized as the one and two. They're going to be the most targeted in this offense, I think, at the end of the year. Um, I just think, you know, they, like I said, they get up 17 in the first half. Maybe they try and run the ball a little bit more. Mostert got a little bit involved. They started running the ball with their receivers uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, Edmonds you know, had 12 carries, Mostert had five. It was kind of out. I wouldn't even say out of hand early just because the score didn't get high, but it, it certainly felt that way if you watched any bit of this game. So I don't, I don't know how much they were trying to necessarily attack uh, this team, uh, especially in week one. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about this. Tyreek Waddle, love him. Yeah, and it looks like right on time, we have a uh, another member here joining the pod live. This, I mean, this is the fun stuff, right? So, yeah, uh, Chris Hayes jumping in as we start on the Ravens and Jets. So, and feel free to jump in anytime if you got something. So, uh, looking at the Ravens here to start. So, we saw Devin Duvernay, couple big catches, two touchdowns. Four receptions, 54 yards. I'm very happy to say I had him in some best ball drafts. Again, guy you could get in like the 18th, 19th, 20th round. So I was all about it. Uh, Rashad Bateman did pay off with a touchdown, but only two receptions on five targets. Got the touchdown, which paid off and kind of made it worth, but it was was kind of scary there for a little bit. Um, Not much else to talk about with, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Tylen Wallace. Really don't care for the backfield either. Um, You know, these guys didn't really do a whole lot. and then, you know, there's there's Lamar, right? Like 213 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, uh, six rush attempts for 17 yards, um, did throw one interception. And then obviously Mark Andrews is kind of old, reliable, five receptions, 52 yards with a 23% target share. Um, he, he's just going to do what he does. Didn't get in the end zone. Um, probably will pay off at some point, but at least in this game, you know, I don't want to scoff at 10, 10 points in PPR, but when it's a guy that was, we're projecting for, Tight end one, tight end two, not not quite there yet. Kind of like the CMC conversation, right? Just the volume and yeah. the payoff just isn't there in week one, at least. Yeah, I'm not really looking at the Jets side. Joe Flacco threw the ball 59 times for 307 yards. So, I mean, if you throw it 59 times, I sure hope you're putting up 300 yards. So, I don't, I don't really care about that. I mean, they ran the ball 17 total times. Brees Hall had six. Michael Carter had 10. With Zach Wilson out, it's weird to say, but I just I'm not really looking at anything big at this offense. Um, targets were just super inflated. Uh, but back on the Ravens side, yeah, Bateman. I feel like 
it, it just happened to fall Duvernay's way this game, right? Like they started real slow. Uh, Lamar had the pick early, and then they end up. Lamar throws three touchdowns. He gets 17 yards on the ground. So not a typical Lamar game apart from the touchdowns. Andrews had a down game. Bateman had a down game. Uh, they still don't have Dobbins, so I feel like they're certainly not firing on all cylinders. Um, this was just one of those week one games. I feel like you chalk up and say, ah, they started out slow, but they got the win, so they're they're still in a good spot. I'm not I'm not stressing about Bateman. Uh, I'm not stressing about Andrews. Maybe you look to bench Bateman next week until they they really start clicking. Uh, if you've got a decent option, which I I might look into doing in the in our home league where I kept Bateman, so. We'll see. I, I think they're still they're still gearing up. They're still getting ready to go. That defense needs to help them out a little bit as well. So they only had uh, one turnover, I think. Uh, two turnovers, a couple fumble recoveries as well. But uh, that's, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll pick it up for sure. Yeah, and I, this is another one where I'm not sure what to think about the Jets because on face value, when you look at Elijah Moore with seven or seven targets, Corey Davis nine, Garrett Wilson eight, yeah. and then you factor in nine targets for Brees Mike Hall Carter, had ten targets, ten for Brees Hall, right? But it's like they, they were just throwing it to times. anybody open. Yeah, exactly. Joe Flacco so, threw it to me once, and I I dropped it, but it I was open, so that's so, my fault. I had a yeah. target. I'm not sure what to take away from all of those guys being pretty close on target share. Um, yeah, and again, I mean, they are probably going to be trailing, so volume is going to be there, but I'm, right. I'm just not not overly interested. Joe Flacco um, does sling it, so one of these guys could surprise a week, but it's going to be choosing between the, what, what's that, one, two, three, five, four, five, five, six guys, seven guys that had over six targets, so good yeah. luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, my guy Braxton Berrios down there. I missed out on Braxton yeah. Berrios getting six I know, targets. right. Jeez. Yeah, right. I, miss, I missed him too. On purpose. <laughs> so skipping along, let's get to an interesting one. So Washington Commanders beat the Jaguars 28-22. Um, apparently Carson Wentz is a quarterback one. Um, so 27 yeah. completions on 41 attempts, 313 yards. More importantly, the four passing touchdowns. I don't think that's sustainable. What I'm worried about is what is sustainable are his two interceptions, which we've seen in the past. Um, but obviously this paid off big for notably Jahan Dotson, the rookie. Three receptions, mm-hmm. two of them for touchdowns, 40 yards. Terry McLaurin caught a touchdown pass on four targets, only two receptions. What really intrigues me, especially with best ball. Again, late draft guy. Curtis Samuel, 11 targets, eight receptions, 55 yards, one Healthy. touchdown. That's a 26% target share. Four carries for 17 yards as well. I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but like, guys, it's another Samuel who's getting carries out of the backfield and just an absurd amount of targets. Um, I like Curtis Samuel. I drafted a lot of him in best ball, so I'm happy to see that hopefully pay off for the rest of the year. Um, But what do you think about Wentz and these really three pass catchers uh, involved in the offense? Yeah, another weird week, I feel like. I mean, both quarterbacks threw it for a total of 83 times, so just a lot of a lot of that football being slung around. I mean, Wentz's QBR was 46.2. That's just, ugh, that's a Wentz stat line there if I've ever seen one. Um, pass catchers, I feel like it could be a little bit inconsistent. Uh, Logan Thomas even had six targets, so could be another one of those waiver wire guys if you need one. Uh, the biggest thing for me is Antonio Gibson's usage out of the gate. I mean, ran 14 for 58 for 4.1 and had eight targets, seven. I mean, he was their leading receiver, seven catches for 72 yards. You would think that that's a McKissick stat line yet. McKissick's way down at the bottom. Um, is this going to be the norm? Is this an outlier? That's going to be what I'm curious to see. Uh, Gibson owners have an interesting decision coming up this week. Do they think that is going to continue or do they, 
you know, does it feel like that you're going to have to switch it up a little bit? Uh, so that's the decision, decision everyone's going to make. They play at Detroit, so it could be another good matchup. Uh, we kind of saw what that uh, Eagles rushing attack did to them. So it, it'll be inter- interesting. I feel like I'm firing Gibson up again this week. Um, we'll certainly talk about that later in the uh, preview show, but uh, I don't know. It feels like a little bit all over the place to me for the receivers. Jahan Johnson, I do like. I still think he has the best hands in this rookie class, so it does not surprise me he caught two touchdowns. Um, and then everything else feels pretty washy. Curtis Samuel's healthy. It's going to take a while for me to trust him um, as far as is he actually a guy in that offense. I don't know, but uh, I I like what I saw from Dotson. I like what I saw from Gibson this week on that uh, commander's offense. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to fire up Gibson, man. I mean, the, the 58 Half yards, there. over four yards of carry. Um, and more importantly, like you said, I mean, he's got almost a 20% target share, seven receptions, yeah, 72 unreal. yards. And like, man, the guy didn't even get in the end zone and the commander scored four touchdowns. Um, think about yeah. when he does. So, um, and then like you mentioned, on the Jaguar side, and I, I just keep thinking like Trevor Lawrence and this offense are going to take the next step. And I'm just, it's not happening. Um, you know, surprisingly, Maybe not surprisingly, I like Zay Jones. Zay Jones looked good. Nine targets, six receptions. Christian Kirk, ton of targets. Christian Kirk. Six receptions. Captain Kirk. Let's go. Yards. I mean, he's he's the wide receiver one there. It was interesting interesting to see Evan Ingram, only tight end getting targets, four targets, four receptions, 28 yards. Um, So if this offense can take the next step, you can see some of this pay off, especially at ADP for some of these guys. And then – I'm I'm not going to I'm not gonna I'm gonna say I'm I was wrong because I'm not gonna be wrong by the time the year plays out. But James Robinson, eleven rushes, sixty-six yards and a touchdown. Travis Etienne, four rushes, forty-seven yards. But more importantly, again, where Etienne is gonna pay off is when he gets the targets and the touchdowns. Four targets, two receptions, eighteen yards right now. I think those numbers can go up. Um, and you know, we may see something like Chase Edmonds, James Connor here, right? With James Robinson getting goal line work, um, and Travis Etienne getting the pass catching stuff. So if that happens, I think Etienne is still going to pay off by end of year. I think if you flip that Robinson and Etienne touchdown, the narrative is this is Etienne's backfield. So it's, that's just how it falls, right? Like week one, I mean, I mean, James Robinson gets the rushing and the receiving touchdown. I mean, if those both go to ETN, this is ETN's team, right? Like, that's just how it goes. Uh, It'll play out. Don't freak out. Keep starting ETN, I feel like. Um, And yeah, it's the Jaguars. Let's wait and see. Um, So going to start speeding things up here. We don't want everybody to have another three-hour show like our draft. So, um, of course, we have a tie in week one. Like, what are we doing? Holtz 20, Texans 20. Was not supposed to be a tie. Um, and just looking real quick, Jonathan Taylor's Jonathan Taylor, right? 161 yeah. yards, a touchdown. Actually got seven targets, so that was surprising. Naheem Hines, who I drafted, six targets, six receptions, 50 yards. I love that. Um, Michael Pittman is a wide receiver. The one Pittman breakout. He, he is an started. It is on Michael Pittman, 13 targets, nine receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown. Um, and as I was saying all offseason, Alec Pierce is not that good at football. Um, and I am going to throw out there, please go back to previous shows. Ashton Doolin, six targets, three receptions, 46 yards. Just going to throw that out there real quick. Um, anything else you got on the Colts in this one other than you shouldn't have lost to the Texans? Uh, yeah, I mean, ties suck. Get it out of football. I hate ties. but. Uh... Yeah, Pittman. I mean, I know Matt Ryan threw the ball 50 times, but uh, 
13 of them went to Pittman. That target share is going to remain the same probably for the rest of the year. He's going to have opportunities to score, to catch balls, and break out and be a legit wide receiver one uh, this year and beyond. So if you've got him in Dynasty, if you've got him in a redraft, you should feel pretty happy about it. You probably got him at a pretty good price. Yeah, and I think then diving into the Texans here. So Rex Burkhead actually out touched out of the backfield, Damian Pierce, which I'm not surprised by kind of happy. Damian about. Pierce, not that guy. Apparently yeah. um, eight targets for Burkhead. I mean, we're picking up right where we ended the season last year, right? Um, guy that you can play in a flex spot. Um, they're going to be behind. They're going to be looking to throw the ball and Davis Mills is going to dump it off um, to Rex Burkhead. And then Brandon cooks is Brandon cooks. Right. Um, and then Twelve targets, seven receptions, eighty-two yards. Didn't get a touchdown this game. Only other thing is, please, like, don't go pick up OJ Howard. Don't go trade don't. for him. Two don't. targets, two receptions. They happen to both be touchdowns. Don't do it. That's a five percent target share. That's nothing. Only thirty-eight yards. I'm just, I'm not interested. I mean, he's on pace to score a touchdown every catch this year. <laughs> I think he does it. No, but uh, sustain. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Cooks. Cooks is the only guy I want. Uh, Rex Burkhead, you can flex in a tough spot. I, I think we got Chris with us now. Chris, I mean, Brandon Cooks is seemingly the same guy year in, year out, and Rex Goathead, as I call him, uh, does goat things. So, Chris, if you're with us, kind of what do you think about this Texans offense that we saw this week? Hey, guys. Uh, it's great to be here. It's been a long day, um, but I'm thrilled to to be on, talking some fan talk fantasy with y'all. But this Texans backfield, um, I mean, I mean, I think you got to be patient with Damian Pierce. I mean, it's week one, and Rex Burkhead is the is the veteran. I think people were a little too little too crazy on on Damian Pierce. I think when people were drafting him in the fifth, sixth rounds, um, you know, as like an RB two, I think people were just. I'm not sure if they knew. I'm not sure where people's expectations were for week one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like Damian Pierce for kind of the second half of the season as kind of a breakout player and a league winner. But right now, Houston's probably going to split the backfield with the veteran guy. And I know the GM and Lovey Smith, they love, they love some Rex Burkhead and Brandon Cooks is you know, Mr. Consistent. Absolutely. Goat head. Hit it, hit on the head there. Um, so next game up, Giants beat the Titans 21-20. I have been down on the Titans. I know they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. It's just it's not happening. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think the Colts still win that division. But um, guys, diving in Giants, as as much as I know there's hate for Daniel Jones, right, like 80% completion percentage, 188 yards, not a lot, two pass touchdowns, only one interception, six rushes for 25 yards. They won the game. Um, I will let Taylor take his victory lap on Saquon Barkley. Saquon in, Barkley. In just a second. Let's um, go. And then as far as wide receivers go, um, they're not good. Uh, so Sterling Shepard, I no. guess, four targets, two receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Not sure how sustainable that is, but when you only throw the ball 21 times and you are just feeding a guy like Saquon Barkley, I'm all for it. Um, guys, Kadir's Tony is probably dead. Um, he had zero targets, two rushes, 23 yards. Um, I, I just, I'm not seeing it. Wondell Robinson in his one NFL touch has a receiving touchdown. I think that's a pretty easy one for one play to replace Kadir's Tony with Wondell Robinson with the coaching staff that drafted Wondell, not Kadarius. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting was no tight ends got a target from the giants. Um, so 
has thoughts on the Giants, and then obviously we will talk Titans. Uh, Kenny Galladay sucks. Forget about all that. Saquon Barkley is back, baby. I mean, I said he could finish top five this year before the season. That was, I think, that was my probably my biggest take that I was most confident about. I'd say. I mean, seven targets, six for thirty. 18 rushes, 164 yards in a tutty? Come on, man. I mean, Barkley can do it. If he stays healthy, he he is, I mean, he he is the originator of got that dog in him. I mean, we saw him at Penn State. He's just a he's an animal. I mean, if he's on the field and healthy, he's a top five running back in the league. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, and speaking of top five running backs, Derrick Henry was just flat. Uh, I don't know if this was just knock the rust off slash favor an injury slash you know just a maybe like a confidence thing that we certainly see sometimes with some guys um doesn't help that hilliard another running back outshined him with the receiving touchdowns but uh for me really the biggest thing out of this game is i mean Tannehill did all right but uh derrick henry being flat and saquon barkley just being saquon barkley again for me personally i it was a tale of the running backs uh and, and Tannehill being decent so yeah, Barkley was was tremendous. I mean, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big thing is staying healthy, as as you right. said, Taylor. But oh, yeah. I mean, he was he was tremendous, and what a ballsy ballsy call by Brian Dable to go for it on right. on that uh, on that two point conversion. I'm pretty like Barkley. He just found a way into the end zone, just guts and, and grit. So he oh get him. He, yeah. He was really impressive. I'm not super worried about Derrick Henry. Uh, it's a ve- actually a very similar start to his year last year. Last year he had a very similar stat line, um, about 80 yards on on 20 carries. Um, but the next week was the week he he just completely exploded. Now we'll we'll see because he is a year older coming off an injury. But right, well, I mean he's still Derrick Henry, and I'm not ready to count him out yet even even though they're going into buffalo next week um Dontrell Hilliard you know I mean I'm sure that was very frustrating to Henry owners mm-hmm. um and I'm deaf I'm not touching any of these tight receivers but five targets for trail on Burks is a positive sign yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure who uh who Kyle Phillips is but I mean I guess he is a person and he exists and he's on the Titans so he he led the Titans in receiving, so I'm not really sure what to take away from that. But he is. He was a sneaky fifth round rookie pick um, this past year, and a lot of people were touting him. Uh, he definitely wasn't talked about as much, but uh, mm-hmm. he's another one of those guys that has hands that were kind of towards the top of his class, uh, kind of like Jahan Dotson. You know, not a top tier guy, but a guy that's got the tools to potentially be something. I mean, it's one game. He's a rookie. Let's calm down a little bit. But uh, don't forget about Kyle Phillips, especially if we see Robert Woods just, I mean. Become old. It's like he wasn't even on the team. Yeah, I mean, he's older. He's two targets, one for 13. You pay this guy all that money. You have to get him involved, and they just didn't. So, I mean, it went to Kyle Phillips, went to Burks, went to Hilliard. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a young man's game. So, yeah, I mean, I, we were all over Henry just starting slow. I mean, I don't think we saw like 21 for 82, no touchdowns slow. Um but it's. I think we did, though. It's I, yeah. I, I mean, it just didn't surprise did. me. You know, like Henry goes, you know, for eighty-two yards, and that's it. It's not like I'm like, oh, this is the end of the world for Henry. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So, running backs, young wide receivers. Uh, it was a it was an interesting game. I'd say as as boring as these two teams can be. Um, 
it was pretty interesting. So very excited for Barkley this year. Yeah, I think it's the Dontrell Hilliard stuff is is interesting just as in terms of him being the pass catching guy, like if that's really a role that they've carved out for somebody, um, it, right. it is intriguing. And obviously he did it well in one game. I'm not rushing out to get him right now, um, but four targets, three receptions for 61 yards, like he's, he's explosive. And then the two touchdowns obviously cap it off and make it look ridiculous. It's funny that 82 yards rushing at, you know, four yards carry almost for Derrick yeah. Henry is like, oh, he's, you that's know, a bad it, was game. A, it was a bad a game. Terrible right? game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyle yeah. Phillips, I, he was, like you said, there were people talking about him after the draft. He looked good in preseason, and you you earned targets. He had nine of them. That was a 27% target share, six receptions, 66 yards. I mean, didn't get a touchdown. But, again, when he does, it's going to pay off. Again, I think Traylon Burks is another one of these rookies, right? We just kind of wait and hold five targets, three receptions for 55 yards. It's 18 yards per reception. So, I mean, the big playability is going to be there with him. It's just it's going to take time, and we need him to be healthy and prove it. Um, and Robert Woods, I mean, yeah. Guys, we're still talking about a guy coming off an ACL um, tear, right? So it's, and again, an older guy coming off of an ACL tear uh, at the wide receiver position. So I'd probably give it time, but again, a guy that I, I wasn't super high on in drafts just because of that fact. Um, and then we've got a couple teams here coming up in some of these later games, but it's like at four tight ends catch passes, get targets. Like I'm just, I'm not interested in Cody Hollister, Jeff Swain, Austin Hooper, um, or uh, a Konkwu either the rookie no. so um just not not a lot to talk about there but um taylor if you want to like mute your mic or throw yeah your, i was gonna say for this next one take a fine. break for this one um so vikings 23 packers uh, seven um so uh, no we'll talk about the good first um Kirk cousins man 71 percent completion percentage 277 yards two passing touchdowns no interceptions that led to Justin Jefferson absolutely going off with 11, nine receptions, 184 yards, two receiving touchdowns. I don't want to hear anything about Cooper cup as offensive player of the year when Justin Jefferson is still playing football. Um, Again, we had him guys wide receiver one. It was risky. I was questioning it after the Thursday night game, but here we are. Um, not a lot after that to talk about. I mean, Thielen, three receptions, 36 yards, Osborne, three receptions, 14 yards, this thing's going to run through Justin Jefferson. Um, and then Dalvin Cook, another guy that's like, oh, kind of ho-hum, 90 yards rushing on four and a half yards per attempt, uh, three receptions for 18 yards, didn't get in the end zone, so it doesn't look that great. Um, but was interesting to see Alexander Madison kind of carve out eight rushing attempts um, and kind of have a standalone value there. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I got to say is Justin Jefferson, good at football, wide receiver one, just like I thought. Uh, A.J. Dillon. 10 for 45, a tutty and, and six targets on five catches for 46 yards. A.J. Dillon is, I mean, these guys, Jones and Dillon, locked and loaded RB2s or above. Um, I'm, I'm still not saying anything about the receivers until I see Lazard back uh, or or uh, Tunyon get a little bit more comfortable. But, oh, gosh. I will say this, and it hurts me to say, you cannot rely on Aaron Rodgers as a as a stardom every week quarterback one. So I'm going to go get some fresh air. I I've gotten too many texts. I had to explain after that game uh, from literally everybody. I know even my dad and that one always stings. Um, yeah, yeah, it hurts. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah. For the, the Packers side, like you said, not, not really interested in wide receivers just yet. Um, was interesting. Robert Tanyan actually had a 12% target share, which outside of AJ Dillon was tied for second highest on the team with Romeo dubs and Aaron Jones. Um, you know, 
Christian Watson had a big drop on a play. Uh, Sammy Watkins, we did not get week one Sammy Watkins. So like Taylor said, just going to kind of wait and see until Alan Lazard comes back, what his target share looks like, what this offense looks like. But I didn't have any Aaron Rodgers in best ball this year, like absolutely zero. I just wasn't confident in what was around him losing Devontae Adams and where that would lead. And again, I think it's a team that plays slower than most. This was going to run through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And because of that, I just wasn't super interested in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Cram. I mean, Justin Jefferson was just, I mean, he wasn't even, he wasn't human. We'll have to check his DNA because, I mean, he was just an absolute animal out there. Um, he was just open way too much. The Packers were playing way too soft on him. Um, even when Al- Jair Alexander, who's one of the best corners in the league, was lining up on him, he was pl- just playing way too soft. Um, so the Packers have a lot to figure out. Um, I don't think they played through Dylan and Jones enough not to be competitive. Um, you know, the usage between the two really surprised me. I'm not surprised Dylan was used at the goal line. Um, I do, I do like him moving forward, especially this week against Chicago. I think Green Bay is going to bounce back in a big, big way this week. Um, it's kind of similar to last year, you know, Green Bay struggling out of the gates, but it is different without Adams. Well, they definitely, I will say, they probably missed Alan Lazard out there as much yeah. as as weird as that sounds. That is a guy that Rodgers trusts. Um, and he has shown good production in, in the past with Rodgers. So they definitely missed him. They obviously missed, missed Adams. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the stats now that Adams had more production than the entire Green Bay receiving core combined. Um, so to say that didn't play a factor in Rodgers' struggles is, you know, is ridiculous. And Kirk Cousins looking rock solid. Um, you know, probably in another QB 8 to 12 performance this year for Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook, he's going to be rock solid. But this, I mean, Justin Jefferson, good Lord. I mean, it's just, we're witnessing something special this season, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, we've had the talk in the offseason, right, of the new coaching staff coming over from L.A., and it's like, hey, who's Cooper Cup? Who's this year's Cooper Cup? And I don't know, maybe the guy that's probably more talented than Cooper Cup, no offense to Cooper, um, but this guy's a little bit different and being plugged into the same offense. Yeah, I uh, I like that pick with Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean, Cooper Cup is still looking very good. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Very, very good. And I think Jeff- – I mean, those top like – like our top five, I mean, they all, like our top five receivers this year, they performed. Yes. Like Diggs, Adams, uh, Jefferson Chase, and Cop. they all balled this They're, weekend, just solidifying the top five. They are quite literally right now in full point PPR, the top five consensus, and it was that way all offseason. Um, so it's, it's fun to see that play out that way. Um, speaking of a team that had a top five wide receiver once upon a time, let's talk Chiefs 44, Cardinals 21. Oh, um, let's uh, yeah. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is uh, going to be just fine without Tyreek Hill. Um, I will continue my not Tyreek Hill slander, but the fact that he's in Miami. Um, I'll just keep throwing it in every chance I get. Patrick Mahomes, thirty of thirty-nine, three hundred and sixty yards, five touchdowns. Um, and then seeing, man, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey was going to eat right. Eight receptions, one hundred twenty twenty-one yards, touchdown. 23% target share. The next highest, Juju Smith-Schuster, actually 20% target share. He had six receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Juju looks good. And then it was good to see, like, 
MVS got four targets, four receptions. Mecole Hardman mm-hmm. got six targets, three receptions. So, and a touchdown for Mecole. They're finding ways to make it work without Tyreek Hill. And Patrick Mahomes, once again, just looks unreal. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes, his his average per attempt is down. It's under 10 yards, but I think that's just a testament to showing how he's maturing as a quarterback. He's being more patient, giving what the defense takes him instead of going for, you know, the big play every every single time. Um, but I, he was unreal. Just, just absolutely, just practically toying with the Cardinals. The Cardinals defense. Um, n- no JJ Watt for the Cardinals defense. You, it, it, like we've seen it. It has a, it has an impact. Um, I'm not saying it. What with Watt being in there, it would have slowed Mahomes down. But I mean, he was just he was so good, so good. Um, Kelsey A. Like we we knew he was going to eat this year, and that's going to be pretty consistent. The rest of these guys, I mean, it's going to be. Besides Kelsey, I do think it'll be tough to predict who's going to get like volume. The, even with Mahomes being this good, um, I think it'll be tough to determine vo- volume between the receivers. I'm really pleased about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I know Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco got a lot of carries, uh, but that was really down the stretch um, when the game was out of hand. But the usage of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was quite promising, honestly. He was averaging six yards a carry. I'm not saying they're going to run him into the ground, but his uses in the passing game was was very, very promising as well. All right, I'm back from uh, taking a breather. Talking about, I had to make sure we were done talking about the Packers. But uh, for me, I think the biggest thing of this entirety of this game, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, eight targets, six for 79. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I mean, we, we can basically take him out of the equation for me. It's He's going to do whatever Travis Kelsey does you got to really look at it as like Juju is basically the number one because Travis Kelsey is far. I mean, he's like the number zero, right? Like Juju looked so good. Uh, he's back with a good quarterback. Um, you know, back when big Ben was actually decent and didn't hit a sharp decline. And with a player who's better than him taking away probably the best coverage a team can offer Juju will have a good game. He will have touchdowns. Uh, he will be involved in the red zone and we can even see that he can, uh, Take short passes a very long distance to the house. He's got that ability. So really love Juju in this game. Uh, Cardinals were just kind of flat. Uh, it's That's just how the game went. James Conner got his touchdown. But again, it was just pretty flat from the from the Cardinals side. They started slow, got all their points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but yeah, Juju looked great. Chris, you said Clatters or Lair looked great. It's, he did as well. Uh, he is a very underrated pass catcher. I will say that. So yeah. those two guys for me uh, were, were, did really well. Jarek McKinnon did have more targets than yeah. Clyde did this weekend. But I do like I think Clyde will be in there for the prior the the priority uh yep. snaps. That's 100%. what it feels like. So I'm I'm gonna go against that a little bit here. So I'm I'm not in on CEH even after this game. Um and I think part of that again, I go back to Dontrell Hilliard of I mean three targets, three receptions for 32 yards and two touchdowns. The touchdowns not being sustainable for me. Um and I just 
I think Pacheco is going to get a lot of the rushing work, more work as we move forward in the season. And I think that's why people were taking the dart throw early. And then obviously we saw him skyrocket is, man, if they get into the red zone and they have a back that they can rely on to hand the ball to, which is not CEH, um, you know, we're talking about without those two touchdowns, CEH having what, four, seven, maybe 10 points without two touchdowns. Um, Again, it's not something that I can see being sustainable so if you have him and can sell high i would probably encourage that and say do that um or write it out but i'm hoping he's not your you know running back too he's a guy that can go in your flex spot personally so that's kind of my thoughts on the backfield because i still think mckinnon is going to eat into the passing game that we saw ceh get um that easily could have flipped to mckinnon having two catching touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. And then we're talking about McKinnon on the waiver wire, right? Um, So I would kind of go against CEH, but I've never been a huge fan of his. Um, And then as far as the Cardinals go, I was actually perfectly happy given I'm a Kyler Murray stand that they got down early because it just means he had to throw the ball more. Um, Happy to see Marquise Brown pay off with a touchdown. Was really interesting to see Greg Dortch be the guy that gets nine targets in that offense. Um, another, another Kyle Phillips type of guy. Yeah, and then I'm actually happy to say I was right and wrong about the backfield all at the same time, where like James Conner is a bell cow, but Eno Benjamin clearly has a role carved out. So I was wrong about James Conner, but right about Eno Benjamin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the four carries for 28 yards, that's seven a carry. I mean, that's, that's explosive. Four targets, three receptions, 33 yards. Um, again, not a guy I'm rushing out to get, but a guy that has carved out a little bit of a role there. Yeah, like like you said, I think the big takeaway for me is this is a big don't overreact game. Cardinals will bounce back. Pacheco got the late work, like you said. Clatter Ziller got a lot of early work. I mean, like I said, he's certainly a good pass catching back. And really, when he was uh, last year, he just was not healthy and seemingly got a lot of touchdowns called back through penalty. So I could see him being a guy, but like you said, I'm not plugging him into my RB2 and going, yes, this feels good. So maybe I'll flex him in a good matchup, but as of right now, I'm not doing any of that sort of RB2 stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm flexing I'm him playing. this week. Oh. In mm. our league. Oh, I hope I play you. Mm. I'm, play, who am I? I'm playing John. It's a big there week. Oh, well, he's cool. Yeah, good luck. We'll keep an eye out and, and revisit it next week. Um, but let's go ahead and get to Chargers, Raiders. I know, Taylor, this was something I targeted in DFS. Didn't yep. quite pay off like I wanted it to. Um, nope. Still, good game. I was positive, but would have liked to see it better. Uh, big thing, Keenan Allen injury, um, most likely out for Thursday's game. Um, my guy, Mike Williams, did not look all that great. Um, just four targets, two receptions, 10 yards. We did see DeAndre Carter come up with a touchdown on four targets, Josh Palmer as well. Um, so interesting to watch that. Justin Herbert is good at football, right? Like there's no question about it. Um, and I am really intrigued to see kind of with Keenan Allen out, I want Mike Williams to take that next step up. And I'm also thinking that Gerald Everett is probably going to get more run with this. I know we always think like, oh, who's going to be the next wide receiver two? Who's going to be the next wide receiver three in an offense like this? But oftentimes when a guy like that goes down, the tight end ends up with like eight targets in the next game. And with a guy like Gerald Everett, who's big and can be a target in the red zone, I think that's a high probability of happening. Um, So I don't mind if people are going out and targeting Gerald Everett if you again, punted tight end and are kind of going through those guys on the waiver wire. And then, you know, Eckler 
36 rushing yards, um, did get four targets, four receptions for another 36, uh, but they did get other guys in the backfield involved. Joshua Kelly, four carries, Sony Michelle, seven carries. Um, so they're obviously trying to lighten the load a little bit on Eckler. Yeah, the only thing for me really in this game is tell the pass catchers. Adams, good at football. Darren Waller, good at football. On the other side, Ke- the Keenan Allen injury, uh, the Gerald Everett touchdown, like you said, could be a guy coming up. Uh, another one of those sneaky tight end pickups. Uh, and then Mike Williams having one of those random Mike Williams games where he seemingly does nothing. So uh, also you can't forget about Derek Carr having the most Derek Carr stat line ever. Uh, 295 passing yards, two touchdowns, three picks, and got sacked five times. So, I mean, if that doesn't uh, say Derek Carr, I don't know what does. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not a really Chargers-Raiders game. You know, it's it was, I mean, 24 to 19, it just, you'd think that those would be doubled in a game like this. So just a little bit of lack, a little lackluster, I mean, except for Devontae Adams uh, being the guy I wish was on the Packers offense. So... <laughs> Um, Packers gonna... can use a wide receiver. They should trade for him. I heard he's good. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna disagree on a few points. Um, I'm not gonna get into Adams or anything like that because he was very good and Waller yeah, was good. Um, I will. I do want to touch on Hunter Renfro. Like, I'd be if you're a Renfro owner, I'd be very worried because he was practically phased out of the entire o- offense. Yeah. Um, I think Adams had like a 46 percent uh, target share, which is just insanity. Um, Josh Jacobs, pretty efficient with his touches o- overall. Um, and Brand Bolden is also injured. Um, so, I mean, Josh Jacobs, someone to keep an eye on. Although Carr was, I mean, it was a very Derek Carr stat line, but something to be worried about is this offensive line for the Raiders was absolutely abysmal. Um, now, granted, like Joey Bosa, and Khalil, you're not going to play Bosa and Khalil Mack every single week. I mean, those guys were were beasts. I think Mac had three sacks and three tackles for losses. So yeah. he's, I mean, he's he's just an absolute animal. Um, Carr will have better days, but I mean, Adams is is Adams. Um, he pretty much ended Asante Samuel's uh, young career al- yeah. already. Sorry. Kid. Um, the Aust- Austin Ackler owners are probably pretty disappointed. But Graham, I'm going to disagree with you about the usage. Like, yes. Um. They're getting other guys involved, but Eckler still had 18 total touches, which is pretty normal for for him. He just wasn't as efficient as he usually is, especially in the run game. Um, so I'm going to disagree with you there. I wouldn't be worried about Austin Eckler and his overall usage. Um, with Keenan Allen out, I'd usually just ride Josh Palmer, but um, Gerald Everett, I, I guess um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, we do have to see some consistency. This is Gerald Everett we're talking about. And DeAndre Carter, I guess, is involved. Um, but I think with Allen out, I bet you we see a little more of Eckler in the passing game. And I mean, Mike Williams is just, I mean, he'll pr- this week he'll probably have eight catches for 300 yards and six touchdowns, knowing, knowing uh, how consistent he, <laughs> he is. Um, but Herbert looks great. I mean, no matter who's out there, like he's he's swinging the ball. So I was hoping for a few more points this game. But what are you going to do? You can't get everything. Yeah, and if you want to just make it really confusing for everybody, target share for Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Carter, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, all 11.76%. Oh, and let me add in Gerald Everett and Trey McKitty. All of them. Disgusting. All seven of those guys. Same exact target share. So going to be interesting to see how week two plays out uh, for the Herbert Charlie played game. great, though. 
All right, let's dive into uh, Buccaneers beat the Cowboys nineteen to three. Obviously, big news here is mostly around injuries. I'm not I'm not sure what other takeaways we can really have from this game, but Dak uh, yeah. with thumb injury probably out for we're hearing four to six to eight weeks. We'll see what no IR being. Um, yeah, not on IR. Uh, so Interesting. Gary, Gary Jones announced that today. I that's probably just optimistic. I don't see it happening, and even then, yeah. he's not going to be a hundred percent. And then. Uh, Chris Godwin with an injury as well. So, I mean, we're right back to where we were in the offseason, right? Of, you know, is it Mike Evans? Is it Russell Gage? Uh, Julio Jones obviously is there. And then, you know, Brashad Perriman had three targets, didn't have any catches, but another guy just on the offense. And again, kind of like Chris mentioned with the Chargers, does this mean Leonard Fournette is going to get more involved in the passing game than just the two targets he had in this game? Yeah. Um, big thing for me, the injuries here. Dak Prescott, obviously, that hurts the entire team across the board. We saw it last year, two years ago, whatever it was, just absolutely derail that offense. Uh, and then Chris Godwin. I mean, did they bring him back early? Uh, yes. It's it's tough to tell. I mean, I, I originally heard that he wasn't going to be back till like week seven. And next thing I know, I'm like, should I start Chris Godwin week one? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Um, I don't know. That's tough. We're kind of back to how we were ranking them preseason, you know, Mike Evans, Julio Gage, you got these guys. Fournette had a good game, but that's kind of a uh, product of the game. Uh, it got out of hand pretty good, especially with Dak leaving. So he had 21 for 127, which is still great to see. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, they were just pounding the ball. But uh, on the other end, uh, obviously the Prescott injury, I'm not touching Cooper Rush with a 10 or 20 foot pole. It doesn't matter the size. Um, CeeDee Lamb, I think has got the biggest stock down across fantasy football after week one. Uh, it, not even just the DAC injury. He has not looked that good. Um, obviously, it's week one, but it certainly does not help with DAC going out for him to step up and take an elite wide receiver role. I mean, he was my dynasty wide receiver three, I believe. That is just going to slowly move down and down and down. I mean, you never want to overreact. You want to react. But uh, this is certainly something that I'm going to be reacting pretty heavily to. Uh, Tony Pollard, seemingly not that guy either. This offense is just going to uh, plummet with Cooper Rush. I mean, we're back to stacked boxes. Uh, probably good for Dalton Schultz, though. He's just going to eat across the middle. I mean, we saw it when Dak was out last time. That's kind of how he came onto the scene. So Dalton Schultz still going to be a guy that's getting I mean, nine targets again, seven for 62. So uh, look out for, for Schultz. Um, as far as everybody else, I'm very concerned. Yeah, I think this is going to go one of two ways. Like, I think Cooper Rush is going to lock into one guy on this. I mean, yes. this is what we see with backup. Probably Schultz. They, yep, they don't go through their reads. They lock in on one guy that they know safety. is a safety valve, right? Um, now, the question is, is that Dalton Schultz? Is it going to be the maybe Alpha and CD Lamb? Or is it going to end up being, you know, Tony Pollard out of the backfield? I mean, I'm still optimistic, yep. even after only averaging 1.3 yards per attempt. Um, and I mean, Zeke still, he looked good. I mean, he didn't he did. get the he volume. He did not look terrible. He didn't get the volume he needs, only 12 touches. I mean, we talked about it with CMC. Uh, Chris kind of hit on it with Eckler. Like, that's just not enough for Zeke. And obviously, we don't want him to get injured again. But for those guys to pay off, even at ADP with where Zeke dropped to, um, that's just not going to do it. Um, yeah. Good luck though with Dak out for this offense. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm I'm probably staying away. But let's yeah. talk uh, Monday night football. Another shocker here. So Seahawks 17, Broncos 16. This was Russ's return to Seattle. And it was spoiled big time. Um, so let's 
as weird as it sounds, let's talk Seahawks, the winners first. I, I mean, I don't even want to talk fantasy. That was probably the worst coach, worst coaching decision I've ever seen. I mean, that was terrible. Um, and we also got probably the best one liner for the season in week one from Geno Smith. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back. They I mean, that gave back. me chills. That wanted that wanted me to go, you know, start working out to try and get in the combine and go play football in the NFL does, myself. I mean, I was ready that, to run through a brick wall. Does that jump above? You like that from Kirk Cousins? Absolutely. Or, absolutely. Okay. okay 100%. How, about, how about can't wait from Bart Scott about yep, moving on in oh, the yeah. playoffs? Okay. Give All me right. Gino. Gino Smith. Give me Gino. Starter sit. Didn't write by Starter me. sit. Uh, you like that or uh, or Gino Smith? You wrote, they wrote me off. Starter <laughs> sit. I think, I'm, I think I'm rocking with Gino. So, Starting him. To Gino's credit, 23 of 28. For those that are not good at math, that is 82% completion percentage, 195 yards, two passing touchdowns. Those passing touchdowns went to none other than Colby Parkinson and Will Disley. So if you had that yeah, on your that's bingo what we all sheet expected. on Monday night, good for you. Um, and then, you know, DK Metcalf getting a 25% target share, um, seven receptions on seven targets, only 36 yards. Obviously, didn't get in the end zone, but he's he's an alpha, right? I mean, I don't think there's any yeah, question about he it. Is. And Thanks Rashad for the Penny. discount this offseason, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Rashad Penny kind of has that backfield right now with Kenneth Walker out. 12 rushes, yep. 60 yards. Also got three targets, which was a little Didn't bit look bad. Tough Broncos run defense. Yeah, so speaking of the Broncos, I don't think there's much more to talk through about the Seahawks. I don't expect this to happen that much more this year, but good for good for those guys. Um, talk Broncos, right? Let's talk Russell Wilson. Let's talk struggles. Um, this is last game, so we can spend a little bit of time here, even though I know we're pushing – Pushing two hours, need to knock it out. But Russell Wilson, 42 attempts, 69% completion percentage. That's nice. 340 passing yards, passing touchdown, no interceptions. Um, so where did this thing fall apart for Denver? Uh, the fourth quarter on the last play, but no, but really. Um, Russ looked pretty good in his first game. Judy looked good. He still has cement hands and Stop dropped it. a pretty key pass. Stop it. But, uh, I mean, hey, just call it how I see it. Long, long uh, coverage. Yeah, seven for four for 102 and a tutty for Judy, which is great to see. I still, I've said that Judy is going to be the guy to come out of this offense. Uh, Sutton, I've been down on for a while. Um, I mean, outlier game here, most likely Javante Williams, 12 targets, 11 catches for 65. So he certainly has that in him. Um, And that's where I think the points or, you know, the great games are going to have to come from is through the air, just because Melvin Gordon is going to be such a nuisance. I mean, 12 for 58 for 4.8 is not too shabby. Uh, so I think they still split that backfield pretty good. So Williams is going to have to make use of all of his touches to really give you that RB1 uh, return. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, Judy Judy and Williams looked great. Russ actually looked pretty good. And I think the odd guy out on the other side of the ball for the, for the Seahawks is still going to be Lockett. I mean, he's going to have his big games. But, I mean, Gino's probably going to want to get the ball to Metcalf. I mean, occasionally hit Lockett on those big gains. but. Uh, this is Metcalf and Judy are are probably the bona fide wide receiver ones for each of their teams there. Yeah, and I think this Javante Melvin backfield is a lot like the the Swift and Jamal Williams backfield, right? Like they're yeah. they're gonna split. You're just gonna have to accept it. And you've really got to look to who's gonna get the touchdowns, which could go either way each week. And the big stuff again, 12 targets for Javante, only two for Melvin Gordon, eleven receptions for Javante. I mean, if we can keep that up. I mean, that mm-hmm. could be a running back one pretty easily for Javante, even without scoring a touchdown in this game. So that's intriguing. Yeah. Um, I still think Sutton ends up being the guy in this offense. Um, you know, 
considering Judy scored the touchdown in this game, they had the same exact target share. It's going to be kind of like the backfield, maybe like who gets the touchdowns, right. Or who ends up getting lost um, and blown coverage like Jerry Judy did this week. I just, I'm a hater. It's a, it's the Alabama helmet. These guys come into the league. It's Jalen Waddle. I'm not mm. in, I'm not in on any of them. Um, Here, here's a good one for you. Rest of season week one overreaction. DK Metcalf or Jerry Judy rest of season. Who'd you rather have? DK Metcalf with Geno Smith, at quarterback. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I'm going to go to Me talent. Too. I'm going to go to talent there. I just, I don't have, I don't have any questions. Yeah, about Metcalf, Metcalf's still just a beast. Yeah. Um, He's going to have his games. And, I, you know, interesting for me being the Albert O stand of how the game started with Andrew Beck getting two catches for 52 yards, things kind of even back mm-hmm. out to, you know, Albert O, five catches on six targets, um, 33 receiving yards, had, again, fourth most uh, as far as target share behind Sutton, Judy, and Javante Williams out of the backfield. So um, yeah. you're going to live and die at the tight end position like a lot of other things with the touchdowns Absolutely. and hoping that pays off. So, um, well, that will do it for the wrap up. A lot to talk about, but wanted to get through it all. Um, and then let's do a quick preview on the Thursday game. So we got Chargers Chiefs. I wish this was on the main slate that we could get mm. the exposure to in DFS, but we can't. Um, so looking at Keenan Allen being out, let's talk about both of these offenses. Who would you target in DFS? What are you expecting to see from this game? Um, and who is maybe a sneaky start for people that uh, have considering in a flex spot maybe, or on their bench and considering starting. Yeah. Not a fan of Island games really for, for DFS uh, really anything can happen. So I kind of just like to stay to the Sunday games. Um, but this is one that just seems too fun to miss out on. I think I'm going to put together a few lineups just to have that much of a better time watching this game. Uh, as far as people I would like to play, I mean, I, I'm not touching Chiefs running back still, uh, especially on a Thursday game. It's going to ruin my my weekend leading up to Sunday if I play one of those guys. Um, as far as everybody else goes, Keenan Allen's out. You got to start Mike Williams. Will I start him in DFS? I mean, probably. Uh, a lot of times on like a Thursday game or a Monday game, I'll, I'll do the captain lineups. I, I don't know if I'd put him as a captain just because of a little bit of the uncertainty. Maybe you want to just because of the, you know, you'll probably have guys throw Herbert and Mahomes, uh, Kelsey as their captains. Uh, maybe you look at a guy like Juju or, uh, you know, somebody as your captain to potentially take a long one to the house, something like that. Just be a little bit different. And that's kind of where you can earn some money. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're starting Kelsey, starting the quarterbacks, you're starting Juju with confidence, you're starting Eckler with confidence. Mike Williams with confidence outside of that, uh, Gerald Everett, if you've got a Kittle, that is going to be such a tough decision. Do you start Gerald Everett, who is seemingly in a good situation, or do you wait again for Kittle and and potentially screw yourself? Um, Personally, I might start Everett and then look to maybe flex Kittle. That could certainly be an option, especially if he comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I would feel a lot better than that than starting Kittle and then waiting for a tight end. Um, so that, that's really Matt. Everett's really the only question mark for me who I'm on the fence about starting. Everybody else I'm not. All the studs I am starting. Yes, I'm going to go totally against you on this because I, yeah, like you said, in a way was you got to get different. So yeah, in that scenario that you just said, like I'm, I'm going Everett, um, like I wouldn't, I've got, 
Kittle hanging out in IR in our league because he is still listed yeah. as out, and I'm probably going to leave him there for week two. I just even if he Cheater. does come back, it's a groin injury. Like I, I'm not interested in that. Just the chances of that reaggravating or him just not yeah. being explosive, which is big for him, I'm out exactly. on. Um, and then get different. Like I, DeAndre Carter is a guy that I would plug in there in some DFS if I got involved in a in a one game slate like this on Thursday. Um, and then I I would chase after Pacheco. I mean I think he's gonna have more carries. Dude runs like a four three seven four three nine. If you talk about being in a Patrick Mahomes offense that's spread wide, and you can have Isaiah Pacheco with gaps that he can run through, I'm taking that all day every day. Not as interested in Ceh. We saw him get the two touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get two more this week, so it's got to go somewhere. I mean, I don't even care if you go. You just talked about it in some of these lineups with five guys. Like if you want Mahomes in this game and you want either Juju or Kelsey with him, throw in Pacheco, throw in Carter, throw in Everett, get different and cheap at some of those positions so that you can get the absolute studs. Um, so I don't I don't mind it. be interesting to see what Jalen Guyton's role is going to be if Josh Palmer moves into kind of that Keenan Allen role or if they move Mike Williams into it, does Jalen Guyton get some of these deep shots as well from Justin Herbert, who we know has a cannon? Um, so going to be intrigued kind of how it plays out. But either way, Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be points. If you have guys in this game, start them. Uh, I mean, maybe not Jalen Guyton, maybe not Josh Palmer, but yeah, you talked about it. Eckler, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett. I would start either one of the running backs in a flex spot in Kansas City, and then you've got to play Kelsey, Juju. I wouldn't even be too worried um, about plugging in a Miko Hardman in a flex spot maybe. Um, he had the touchdown payoff, had higher target share than MVS or Sky Moore as well. Um, so that's another one you can take a shot on if you if you like the risk. Yeah, I mean, in DFS, I'm certainly looking at guys like Pacheco and some of these other guys that uh, could easily explode, especially with Keenan Allen out. Uh, you pick your favorite guy, and you could very well hit big uh, with any of those secondary Chargers receivers. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really touching Clyder Dallaire DFS or, or normal fantasy. Uh, Eckler's a guy in DFS that... Maybe if it the team ends up fitting right, I'll 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 go him. But I'd feel like I'd rather have like Kelsey and a quarterback over like a quarterback and Eckler, just because Kelsey's got a better chance to have that big game. I feel like um, so Eckler's probably going to be the odd one out for me at a you know kind of an early look at DFS here. Um, and then I'm going down for guys like you know MVS, Juju. Uh, you know, Miko Hardman could be a guy you throw in there. Gerald Everett could be a guy because you know, if you're playing the captain, you don't have to have a you know, you don't need two wide receivers, tight end, running back, what have you. You can kind of pay it's a bunch of flexes. So, Gerald Everett's certainly a guy you look to get a touchdown. Pacheco's still pretty cheap, so there are certainly some options to to uh to get you a, a pretty good looking lineup. I mean, early look here, Jalen Guyton's $1,200, so you can you can easily throw a QB in there. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of putting together right now. You can you can throw Jalen Guyton in there and Isaiah Pacheco. You can have Herbert and Mahomes and Kelsey as a captain with Gerald Everett uh, on that team. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's, I mean that's, that's just. A, I mean, how many lineups are you looking at? I mean, that's what I kind of do feel confident about. I might just do that do just for funsies. Do it. Like, how many times can you get two QBs in a lineup? Thank me. Thank me uh, later. Thank me later yeah. for that one. Yeah, exactly. That'll, so that'll pay off. Just, you know, get a little wacky, you know, get a little wacky, right? You don't want to, you don't want to start all these chalk guys because everybody is. So if Guyton and, and Pacheco go off, you probably won. So there you go. Enjoy your free money. All right. Taylor, next up, 
we'll do a DFS show. Not sure how many of us are going to be on it. I definitely will be going to be looking. I'm going to try at the main slate specifically. Um, So we'll we'll fire up some lineups again, hopefully come out positive again this week. And then do you want to say, Taylor, give me one of your hot takes from the summer or one of your take on players that after week one, you feel really good about. And after week one that you feel not so good about. Uh, Obviously. Saquon Barkley. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, that I, I mean, I was all over him. I feel like I mentioned it every single podcast, right? Like, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like I did. He is. I found a way to get him in there. That guy is just, he's just good. Um, something that I don't feel good about. I'm looking at it now. I think because I definitely switched. So I feel like I would have changed this, but based on what we said, my biggest bust is Antonio Gibson. Um, that could easily change just because when I said that his ADP was astronomical and then all the preseason stuff came out and then it tanked after we did the show. So I certainly switched up a little bit. I have him on a few teams. Uh, he almost helped me win our home league this week. Um, but if I'm one that I'm still confident in and would not have changed my fantasy MVP is Mark Andrews. I feel like I'm not as confident about that, uh, anymore, to be honest. Um, so probably Barkley for sure. Biggest bounce back. Love it. Uh, and then fantasy MVP, Mark Andrews is one that I'm a little uneasy about after week one. Just a little bit. I'm not backing off yet, but just a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm still hanging on hope to my MVP with Kyler. Um, he had to come back. Still yeah. be one right now. So he's he's still positioned all right, even though there's some other guys out there that look kind of unreal. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously Cam Akers is, is kind of my concern. Like I, I was high on him. I had him, you know, yep. RB2. Um, I think he can be an explosive athlete, but dude's got to stay on the field, right? You got to pass block. Yep. And I also need this offense to be good. The offensive line, Stafford, all of it has to be good for that to pay off, which I was banking on. Um, so yet to be seen. And then I, I I'm gonna say I'm confident in this one because I feel like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle had good games and neither of them are wide receiver ones. So the fact that I'm not seeing Miami get a wide receiver one, a QB one, a tight end one, or a running back one after all the hype. Sticking to it. That's that's where I'm staying. Um, okay. And then my long shot still is like Trey Lance is still going to be a QB one. Like we can talk about that sloppy game up in Chicago. Um, but the fact that he ran the ball well in that atmosphere, um, I think once he's able to really throw the ball and we'll see it against Seattle coming up this week at home, uh, going to be fun to watch. Definitely one I'll be tuned into. Got him starting in our league, got him in a lot of best ball. So I need it to pay off. Um, so still high hopes there. Yeah. One more thing, uh, Graham, I'm not, I, I don't remember who's yours is, but uh, kind of looking at our trade for targets, uh, Chris's and I hit pretty early. Derek Henry was mine. Chris's was Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith had zero points. Derek Henry had a non Derek Henry game. So maybe slide in there, slide into those DMS of the owners of those teams and see if they're a little uneasy. Uh, and maybe you can kind of swipe a player here early in the season. Yeah. I'm, uh, Pulling it up here. What did I what did I have down here? Trade for I can't target. remember. Oh, I didn't have one in. Um so that's I think it's because you were pretty it's because you were best ball. So oh, yeah, left it to my, us. Left my best ball stuff. But um yeah, yeah I mean I I think it it's gotta be somebody in a good offense. Um so I mean the guy rocketed up. I don't think we were even talking about him, but I I do really like Pacheco in this offense. Like I'm I'm not gonna hey, go I, all in and every I bet, league, but 
Yeah, I bet you'd say Mike Williams right now, trade four target. Oh, trade four right now. Yeah, after that yeah. game, it's going to be interesting because people are going to be like, well, he had a bad game, but Keenan Allen's going to be out, right? So right. that's going to be intriguing. And I I know Sutton statistically had a pretty good game, but I think people are kind yeah. of leaning towards Judy. I know you don't like him. Leave him. Um, but uh, I think it's one. He'll have his games. I, I, yeah, that's and that's what I'm leaning on is like he is going to have his games. Um, and I mean, Judy had his game and Sutton again, same target share. Those touchdowns are going to go back and forth this year. So that might be one right now, at least first look, um, that I, I would consider. Go talk to your Derrick Henry owner right now. <laughs> Friendly advice. All right. See if he's got cold feet. You all know the word. Follow us at QC underscore fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. QCfantasy.com is the website. We've got all of our rankings up. You guys can see what we got right, what we got wrong as the year progresses. And again, we will uh, have a DFS show coming up next, and then we will preview week two, everything we like, all the players we want to target, who we're starting, who we're sitting. Taylor? Long. Long, boy. But we got a lot of good stuff in. Let's get it. Stay strong, everybody. Stay strong. No, not bad. I mean, in 2x First time, one, clean up a little bit. 2x time, it's like 52 minutes, man. Yeah. Now we're listening. Yeah, nah, for sure.